Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20. Every city has its own set of unwritten rules, and Portland is no different. And now that our county's population is slowly creeping back up, we're going to have some newcomers not knowing how things work around here. I mean, just the pronunciation of our street names alone, they're so confusing. So today on CityCast Portland, producers John Atariani and Julia Fioioni are joining me to spell out some of the unofficial rules of how to survive and thrive in our great city. It's Wednesday, December 13th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. I'm excited about this one because Multnomah County is actually gaining new citizens, new residents. Hey, guys. We went from, yeah, I mean, we're not at like where we used to be, but like it's happening. It's coming back, you know? So I figured Portland as we know it, it's kind of, you know, it's its own unique place. And I thought we could maybe help out the new residents with a little bit of a guide, maybe some essential rules. Each of us have thought real hard about this, and we've come up with a few. John, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll start us off. I think one of the most important things to be a real Portlander is to have a set of beliefs on a niche topic that you hold extremely closely that you are like absolutely obsessed with and just like defines your whole being. And it could be anything. There's a lot of people who have like political opinions that are like their whole personality, but it doesn't need to be that. It could be about a certain style of cooking. You could be like a Japanese baseball person who like just always <laughs> wants to talk about Japanese baseball, but you got to figure out what your thing is. <laughs> And just lean in. <laughs> so one, figure it out. Two, know a ton about it. And then three, like be completely inflexible in those ideas. Mine is saying niche instead of niche. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Every time someone says niche, I'm like, it's niche. And it's both. It's both, John. No one's correcting you. It's both. But I know, but Julia, do you feel that? Do you feel that in your body when it happens? Oh, yeah. I guess I'm just a real Portlander now. I have my thing. Wow. Thanks, John. All right. I'm going <laughs> to piggyback. John. I'm going to join you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. Now I have to ask, do you have something, John? I mean, I want to guess you did buy a freezer and you were renting. So that was interesting. You bought a whole freezer for, like, what was it? A, a whole pig? 
Uh, half of a pig. Half okay, of a I'm pig. Sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. about <laughs> n- about ninety pounds of uh, locally uh, raised and butchered pork uh, that I'm slowly working my way through. So, I think that fits into the category of just okay. like, yeah, of course, I bought ninety pounds worth of, uh, of like locally raised meat and like I'm working through it and, and paid for <laughs> a freezer specifically for it. I just loved everything about the story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not a New York City kind of thing to do, for sure. Definitely not. <laughs> what about you, Julia? I mean, you're the newest among us. Have you have you figured it out? I don't have a thing to fight for yet. I'm still figuring that out. It's only been two years. It takes a while. I'm learning. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. You'll grow into it. Yeah. Now I want to know one of your essential rules. So there's a street in Northwest Portland spelled C-O-U-C-H Street. And it took me just weeks after moving here to find out it's pronounced cooch, not couch. For those of you who are just finding out, welcome. But I do have a little bit of a backstory for why it's cooch, not couch. According to Daniel Couch from Portland Monthly, who is apparently not related, the street name was actually named after Captain John H. Cooch from Massachusetts, who was responsible for creating the grid of streets in the Alphabet District on the west side. So it turns out his great-great-great-great-grandfather moved here from southwest England, and the pronunciation followed him. So that's where it comes from. So a pirate moved to Portland. This is what I'm hearing. A pirate moved to Portland, and then his like interesting like niche topic was just urban planning. I love the idea of like, okay, we got to name these streets. So we'll do them by letters. B can be Burnside, but what should we do for C? <laughs> oh, I could just use my name. Yeah, that's a great it's idea. It's got to be my last name. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Oh my God. That is actually a, a very useful, essential rule. Like you should really learn how to pronounce the names. I'll jump in. I, I thought it was Willamette for sure, you know? Oh, yeah. As opposed to, like, why would it be Willamette? <laughs> <You know? laughs> One of my uh, essential rules is, well, I would say more of a guide. So this actually comes from my cousin. My cousin moved up from L.A., uh, oh, my gosh, maybe a couple years ago now. And one of the first things he said to me about why he loves Portland was that he could never tell when somebody was gay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very true. (laughs) And I don't know. I was just like, what the heck are you talking about? And he just was like, I just, you know, like sometimes a a girl will hit on me. And I was just like, oh my God, I thought she was a lesbian, Mm -hmm. but she's straight. And it's, and he was like, and it's exciting. (laughs) 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 That's some good bro energy right there. But it made me think about it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, if you go to LA, if you go to New York City, whatever. I remember just thinking this too. I went to Boston. I'm like, oh, it's so straight here. And I think what I realized is that the gender roles or the the way that people dress are really traditional and very defined. Like women go out and they're like, makeup, heels, this, you know? <laughs> and and I feel like up here, we're just like, I'm sorry, it's raining. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like we're going to wear this flannel. And I think for someone who grew up within these like gender stereotypes of what you wear, they're just like, well, so everyone here is gay, you know? And like men do care about their appearance here a little bit more, you know, even though it's casual. And so I think, yeah, I didn't think about that. But just know that if you're walking around and you find someone attractive, like go for it. You just never know. (laughs) Yeah. But also, at least in my perception of things, I feel like it's easier to assume that someone is queer 
than straight first. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually my first assumption is that someone's queer. Take that as you will, newcomer. <laughs> Good luck out there. <laughs> what about you, John? This is something that really surprised me when I moved here and it, that it's important to learn how to wake up early in the morning when you live in Portland. That's not the same as being an early riser because the thing about Portlanders, many people sleep in very late, but anybody has the ability to like turn it on and be ready and up and out the door at 6 a.m. to go out and do something. I remember when I first moved here, I was working as a bartender and a buddy of mine was like, yeah, we're both off tomorrow. Do you want to go on a hike? And like, you know, I'll pick you up at six. And I was like, there's no way he's going to pick me up at six. I'm definitely <laughs> sleeping in until like eight in the morning. He's going to say that. He's not going to be here until 10. And he was there at like 6 a.m. Whether it's going hiking or going out snowboarding or something, people in Portland have this uncanny ability to like both be night owls, but also have the ability to like wake up at the crack of dawn and get out and get into the world. And it's just like a really important skill that you need to acquire if you're going to be making friends because they're going to say you want to go for a walk at 6 a.m. and they're going to mean it. I have to agree. At first, when you said that, I, I was like, what are you talking about, John? <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, I, I've known plenty of people who were out drinking till one. And then it's like the next day, it's like, and we're at the coast. And we <laughs> we we all drove here and it's six. In other places I've lived, there's like night people and then there's morning people. And like, here you got to be both. I'm going to interrupt because, Julia, I wanted to ask, but mine actually has something to do with John's. So... Here's the deal. You need to keep a pair of hiking boots in your car or in like if you're if you're an avid bicyclist and you always have like your your bag of stuff because I remember when I would bike everywhere I always had like my bag of of things. You just need to do it, buddy. And here's why. You just never know. You never know when someone's like, hey, you want to go on a hike? And since we literally live in a place that there's like a beautiful forest in the middle of our for city, it just happens more than you would think. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that plays into the reality that I feel like there's not really a dress code in most places that you go to in Portland. Even if you're going out dancing in a lot of other cities, there's like a standard of dressing up even just a little bit. But you can go there wearing really anything and nobody even thinks about it. There's like no pressure whatsoever. Yeah, I've taken it to like another level and I have my like summer car kit and my winter car kit. Nice, And like, yeah. every, you know, there's always like a time where I like transition and take the like picnic blanket and like hiking shoes out of the car and like reload up the like snow shovel and like yak tracks. You went deeper because you're right. That actually, I want to amend mine and say you have to have a car kit if you drive. I always, not only do I always have hiking boots, I always have a raincoat and an extra sweater in my yeah. car because it always happens. You go to the coast and everything's fine here and then you go and you're just like, it's pouring. Or even if you planned, you know, well for your adventure, you might be dating someone who maybe doesn't think about it and they need a sweater at any moment. And so I'm always prepared. <laughs> you guys are going to like this. My sister takes it like a whole nother step and always has like a full camping setup in her car. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just like, just, just and, like, I guarantee there's been times where she just like, whoop, ended up camping out in the woods. <laughs> Wasn't planning on it. <laughs> so cool. Amazing. So Portland. <laughs> yeah. I also have like a gallon of water and like a whole preparedness kit because... My partner is really into um, earthquakes. That's smart. That's her. Actually, that's totally <laughs> her like 
her niche like <laughs> her topic is earthquakes yeah. it's it's a lot more useful than 90 pounds of pork are not going to be doing great if an earthquake hits <laughs> Oh, man. Dude, 90 pounds of pork, You, we're having a barbecue. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you feel that, start rumble. Party in St. John's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're sharing more essential rules for Portland living. What about you, Julia? Okay, so... I get a lot of shit for this one, but you have to know how to parallel park if you live in Portland. And I say I get a lot of shit because I still don't know how to. (laughs) And it's gotten to the point where if I like rent a car or someone wants me to drive, I always hope that someone in the car also drives and knows how to parallel park because there have been moments where I've found a spot, had to pull over, switch drivers and get them to park because there's no other parking available but parallel parking. So here's the deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little background on this because Julia did confide in me, and now and I'm we're all friends here. But <laughs> Julia specifically, oh no, went to a DMV office in LA that ev- that everyone I guess knew they don't test you uh, <laughs> on how to parallel park. Yeah, to me that seems like such a basic thing, but Julia found a loophole. And now (laughs) Julia is screwed. (laughs) The most wild thing about that, too, is that they also don't test you to drive on the freeway in L.A. What the hell? So they were basically just testing us on how to drive down the street (laughs) in a residential area. And this is, I don't know, this was back in 2015, so maybe things are different now. But yes, I found a loophole, and now I'm paying the price. (laughs) (laughs) Never change Rancho Cucamonga. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Portland driving in general, there's all sorts of like little... I mean, I think one thing that is defining about Portland, though, is that you don't have to be a good driver to be here, right? (laughs) You You can get by living in Portland being not a very good driver. Yeah. I think that's because the speed limit is so slow. People drive very slow here. I think it's great. I'm not complaining about it, but it does leave it so that there's like, there's a buffer if you make a mistake, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's a lot of empathy. I feel like, I mean, I know that people, especially, you know, between bicyclists and drivers have not been feeling that as of late, but I feel like there's a lot of like, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go, especially if you're all drivers. It's, it's sometimes maddening. Yeah. Or like the car in front of you stops in the middle of the road sharply to let a bicyclist go by. Yeah, just slams the brakes. And you're like, cool, man, that was that was safe for everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all excited about this. <laughs> and you, and then the bicyclist sees and they're just like, just go. Jesus Christ, you nearly killed everyone. Like, what's happening? Like, the bicyclist is never like, oh, thank you. They're just like, what are you doing? Like, I just looked at the road. I was, I'm, st- I'm just walking by the I'm sidewalk. eating an ice cream cone. I'm not even <laughs> on my bike. I'm not even on my bike. So yeah, just watch out for that, guys. So this is my last one. And I think it is important to learn how to get ghosted gracefully when you live in Portland. Because here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing about Portland. It's not like LA. It's not like everybody is just like super turbo flaky all the time and you never know who your friends are. People are friendly, but they can be pretty flaky and they can just sort of like go wherever the wind blows. And there was a study that like 
people in Portland are the most introverted of all people across the country as well. Like that's a defining characteristic, which all adds up to you can feel like somebody's like a friend and then they can just sort of like poof and disappear. Mm -hmm. And then you don't see them for like six months and then they show back up on your Instagram feed and they're like, let's hang out. I haven't seen you in six months. Let's get together. And learning that that is like not unkind, that it's always fine to reach out to that person, but like they're not being mean if you haven't heard from them in a couple months, I think that that's like a really important social cue that to me feels very unique to Portland. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Just having lived in other big cities, if you don't hear from someone for that long, you are never going to hear from them again. It's like they're making a point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think what's interesting, John, you referenced this study of Portland being one of the most introverted cities. And my last essential rule kind of goes against that point. Hmm. And I still firmly believe in this, even with that study coming out. And that rule is it's actually quite common to get compliments from strangers out and about. Um, I call it kind catcalling. And I always <laughs> warn my friends from other cities that come into town, hey, someone might like compliment you on this or that. I kind of like while you're passing by them on the street or from their cars and it's like just genuine. It happens all the time. And every time without failure, it's happened. My friend from LA came and he has like funky pink and green hair. And some lady was driving by at the intersection, rolled down her window and was like, I love your hair. And then just drove <laughs> away. It happens all the time. And I think it's so sweet. And I learned very quickly when I first moved here, I used to walk around with my earbuds in and this is something I learned just living in Toronto. No one ever is going to try to talk to you unexpectedly. But because being in Portland, strangers are comfortable talking to one another. I just stopped doing it because I was like, I'm having to take my earbuds out every like five minutes. And it's just not even <laughs> worth my time. I can't get through a song. So it kind of came out of my habit. Could you please stop complimenting me? I'm trying to listen to <laughs> Beyonce right now. <laughs> or even just like talking to me in general. It's so funny. But now I've realized I've started to do the same thing. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel a lot more comfortable talking to like, I will have chit chat with people in Portland that I would never that would never happen in like other places that I've lived. For sure. And actually, my mom came to visit and I was wearing this wild fang shirt. It's a black shirt with like white eyes on it. And for some reason, I was showing her St. John's four people randomly. Just was like, oh my God, I love your shirt. Like everywhere we went in, somebody was like, oh my God, I love your shirt. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. It's wild fang. They're like, oh, I love wild fang. Blah, blah, blah. And it happened on the fourth time. She's like, what's up with this shirt? I don't understand. Why does everyone like this shirt? <laughs> and I was just like, this is just, it's an excuse to say hello and talk to people. And you're going to find something that you like about them. And you're going to just be like, hey, I like this. And I do that all the time as well. Mm -hmm. That is very Portland, actually. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. That's so charming. That's yeah. so sweet. It's cute. <laughs> it is really sweet. Well, I guess my last rule, I mean, there's a ton, you guys. I We just can't go on forever. But we could literally like hang out here for like an hour and a half and just be like, and another thing. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a big one, especially now in the winter. You got to go outside when the sun shines. Even if it's like that five minute window, stop what you're doing. Unless like a life depends on it. Like obviously if you're in surgery, like <laughs> please don't. But like... You know, if you're just like working from home or even in the office, and here's the deal, your boss, 
your coworkers won't care. They're just like, yes, now let's go. Ah, you know, <laughs> you just gotta go out <laughs> yeah. and take that walk in the sun. And it's totally okay to do so. And you actually, you need to do it. I can speak to the truth of this because earlier today, <laughs> me and Claudia had a meeting scheduled and she was like, nope, it's sunny. I'm going for a walk. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> we rescheduled what we had to do, went outside for 20 minutes. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was, it was great. I was so glad. I was like, thank you. You know, thank you for making me get up and do it too. We just need all the sun we can get, especially in the winter. I feel like we should... This is like a part one. Well, I wanted to say, like, so we we have come up with nine ideas, mm-hmm. but I feel like to have like a list, you need to have ten ideas. Okay, we need one more. So mm-hmm. I think we need one more, and I wonder, I wonder how we might go about doing that. Do you think we should ask our listeners if they have one more, and then we'll just retape it? Is that? Or what are you doing? Are you Googling? Hold on. John looks so suspicious right now. I know. I don't know what's going on. He's up to something. What's going on? (laughs) Hi, this is Brian Vance. I'm a CityCast Portland listener, occasional guest of the show, and I also happen to be CityCast director of newsletter strategy. One essential rule I have for living in Portland is embracing the grittiness. Despite what nostalgic bias may lead you to believe, Portland was never a shining city on a golden hill. It's always been a little bit dirty, a little bit gritty and rough around the edges. That's what makes any city a unique and wonderful place to live. And embracing that and learning to accept that will help you learn to love the parts that are great about Portland all that more. Aww. Wait, so just that was a complete surprise. Did not know that. That is so sweet that he recorded that. Oh, now I wish he were here. Yeah. You just made me miss Brian. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, I totally agree with him. I asked him, like, I was like, I think we're going to need one more. Could you track one for us? And he was like, absolutely. So, but I think he's right. I think he's right. You know, there's so much branding of Portland over the last decade or 15 years about how it's cute and twee, but like, it's a port town, you know, it's like a logging town. Like it does have a history of being like a little bit like rough around the edges. And, and I think that keeping that in mind I totally agree. It's just like the best way to live here. Agreed. I still think there needs to be a part two though. And maybe um, <laughs> and maybe some <laughs> listeners can send in some suggestions. So if, if you're listening and you got one at the tip of your tongue, shout it out at portland at citycast.fm and we'll read them out. That'll be really fun. Or you can leave us a voicemail and we'll have a link in the show notes to that. Oh yeah, leave us a voicemail. Like it's the 50s. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julia, John, thanks so much again for hanging out with me. This was super fun. Yeah, this was great. Thanks, Claudia. And now for your microdose of news. Mayor Ted Wheeler took aim at the advocacy group People for Portland for their negative billboards, blaming DA Mike Schmidt and Multnomah County Chair Jessica Vega-Peterson for the city's biggest problems. He noted that crime was actually on the decline, and the billboards are, and I'm paraphrasing here, not the vibes we want to be spreading around town. People for Portland responded by saying that only a desperate politician would blame a billboard for the reality that exists right underneath it. So mean. And just as Governor Tina Kotek came up with an official plan for reinventing downtown Portland, Portland Monthly has also solicited ideas from local, civically-minded Portlanders. 
They include smaller projects like pop-up shops and art installations in empty storefronts, as well as more ambitious ones like creating a music venue and sculpture garden near our riverfront. These were really fun and inspiring to read. We'll link to that Portland Monthly article in our show notes. And for even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll also throw a link to that in the show notes. Well, that's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's.